Hey, this is Michael. And Sherry. Your host of Happily Married in Love podcast. This week we thought we would replay an earlier broadcast where we interviewed our son, 19-year-old Daniel. Daniel. And we wanted to address the topic of communication, but from his generational perspective. So we hope this is a blessing to you. And here we go. But this week we got uh, we brought back a, a guest we had with us some months ago, um, a 19-year-old young man who's going to give us from his perspective, because you know not everybody want to hear these old heads talking. <laughs> we want to hear somebody younger. He said it, not me. Yeah, exactly. But I know people is feeling that way, you know. <laughs> so, but um, you know, give him opportunity. And today we're going to be talking about communication. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, I know yeah, it's been welcome. a little while. Um, communication. I'm trying to figure out where it is exactly I want to start. Communication in a relationship goes such a long way right. from, I mean, whether you're figuring out what it is that you want to eat that night mm-hmm. or whether it be a really deep-rooted conversation. Like you might be talking about a childhood issue or you might be talking about an issue at hand something that happened that day mm-hmm. or you know a problem that just occurred and being able to communicate freely and hearing what that person has to say and going back and forth as a as if it's a conversation and not an argument mm-hmm. i feel like it's so crucial it can go such a long way mm-hmm. in making a good relationship and that can go from a romantic relationship to a friendship to um, the relationship that you have with a family member, mm-hmm. boss, coworker, anybody. I mean, that right. just goes across the board. But I want to focus on, you know, romantic relationship right now. Okay. And I was actually talking with my girlfriend earlier this morning. And, you know, we were on FaceTime talking for, you know, a few hours. And we were going back and forth telling each other the different experiences we had with exes and stuff like, you know, dates all that other kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and when we were sitting you know most people my around my age you know the millennials will look Mm -hmm. you know will look at that conversation and be like why what why were y'all talking about that you know that's that's uncharted territory if it's a relationship why would it be uncharted because in my people in my age group i'll say from 13 to 24 Okay. Talking about the past and all that other kind of stuff, it symbolizes that you're not over that person. Ah, uh, okay. And, you know, you're okay. digging up the past. You're trying gotcha. to compare. Gotcha. Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But in this situation with me and my girl, it was, we weren't comparing to see whose situation was worse or to see who had the better ex or to say that we were still, mm-hmm. you know, had feelings for them, which was not the case. Mm-hmm. It was more of, I'm telling you this just so you know. Just for information, you know, standpoint, and we were not bothered by it in the slightest bit. She didn't feel threatened about anybody that I told her about. Mm -hmm. She didn't, you know, question whether or not they were still in my life. I told her, you know, straightforward without her even having to ask. And, like, the people that I've dated before in the past, they're not really in my life. I don't really keep them Mm -hmm. involved in my life. Mm -hmm. But isn't it important to share a little bit? Obviously, you don't want to go down into details of it. But each relationship actually forms you as a person. Absolutely. And that's and that's where it gets tricky because mm-hmm. we want to talk about it so bad, but we don't know where to start because you don't know if it's going to offend the other person. Okay. So, you know, that keeps a lot of people 
whether it be my age group or older, mm-hmm. from really expressing something that they might need to tell. You know, there might have been something that happened in the la- in the last relationship, you know, and they really want to just tell that person, but they don't know how because mm-hmm. that person may come back and say, well, why are you telling me this? Do you think I'm going to do that? You know, they'll start getting hostile. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll take mm-hmm. that as an offense. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they're just informing you so you know. Mm-hmm. You know, that because everybody in their own way is special cargo, you know, handle with care. Some people okay. have been, you know, some people have been thrown around and damaged a lot more. Right. You know, when it says keep, you know, this side <laughs> up and then ends up getting flipped every <laughs> right. single other which way like a jingle block. Right. You know, thing, you know, things happen, things get broken, people get scarred. Sure. You know, in some uh, in some relationships, things that I've seen out in public, you know, a guy will reach out to hold a girl's hand or to put his arm around her and she'll flinch. Mm. And mm-hmm. maybe not because of him, but because of somebody in the past, whether it be mm-hmm. a past boyfriend, family member, mm-hmm. whoever, you know, be mm-hmm. those kind of things, you know, they trump, they traumatize. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of men get upset by that when it was like, no, you know, I would never hurt you. You know, I would never lay a hand on you. Those kind of things. They'll start getting defensive when in reality you need to stop and recognize, hang on. This is a trigger for her. She's a hurting person right mm-hmm. now. And the last thing she needs is to be yelled at for it because, you know, that was exactly she wasn't directly trying to express, oh, I don't like that. Or, you know, this this scares me. But that was just something that she did. So now you as the as the man, mm-hmm. you have to comfort her and, t- and assure her mm-hmm. that that kind of thing is not going to happen again. Right. You know, you can't change what happened in the past because mm-hmm. it's already happened, but you can change how things can be there in that moment and in the future. You have to help that person heal and to grow because scars, whether they be physical or emotional, they don't go away in a short amount of time. That's true. They take time to heal. Exactly. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. It. A lot of people don't really like to think about it because it's like, Going in those kind of relationship conversations, you can't do that much nowadays because it's like everybody's, you know, trying to get in a relationship or they are in a relationship, but they'll never talk about what it takes to keep the relationship healthy and whole and to make sure that it prospers or to even make sure that you're with the right person and you're not just wasting your time. And I understand, you know, when Mm -hmm. you're younger and adolescents and things of that nature, you go through relationships like you buy shoes <laughs> i wasn't gonna say all that i mean some people are worse than others but right. oh, i mean hey that's one way to put it um right but it it gets confusing to me because it's like why don't it shouldn't be that hard to just talk about it well keep in mind too that there's emotional maturity that your age group still has to yet go through you just haven't been alive long enough and I, and you are very correct on that. And that take actually takes it back to the last podcast that I did when mm-hmm. I was talking about how you guys raised me, mm-hmm. being around people who are in a, you know emotionally mature, right. being around married couples and things like that. I'm not saying that I'm all the way sure. there, but it's definitely impressioned on me and mm-hmm. put me higher than above my peers. Right. Not as a bragging thing. That's just how it is. That's how, you know, that's how yeah, I was. That's reality. That's reality. Right. And so when I'm when I'm there, it's definitely giving me the advantage, especially when it comes to communication. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, 
here's it, some things you you just put down and you're like, okay, here's what it is. I'm not saying this to try to get some type of reaction out of you or to even think that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to play some type of mind game with you. No, I'm strictly telling you just so you know, you know, a FY and just FYI. It's like, a, you know, you're watching the TV station. It's just FYI for your information. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get mad at it. Right. Because they were just telling you. Right. For your own good. Exactly. They're trying to inform me because they felt like you needed to know for some reason, mm-hmm. whether they tell you that reason or not, they felt like you just needed to know that. So what do you do in that situation where you're trying to share with someone beyond just a surface, re, you know, like the the reporter talk, the, the hallway talk? You're trying to go deeper to them. So what do you do when they push back and they're not ready to receive that or don't want to go there with you? Then you don't push. Okay. You, you know, you... Um. You know, kind of not really like the saying, you know, you you can lead a horse to water, but you can't, you can't force it drink. to drink. Right. You know, it's something to that nature. Okay. If they don't want to talk about it, if they're not ready, then you can't force them to be. You just move on and you just go to, the, you know, you go back okay. to the hallway talk. You go back to the small talk until okay. they feel like they're ready for that. Got it. And even to go into that kind of conversation, you kind of have to test the waters a little bit because you can't just immediately dive into the deep end. you got to, you know, you got to progressively work in Right. You know, you got to bring up some of the small stuff, you know, mm-hmm. uh, say you're talking about exes and you're trying to work yourself up to, you know, telling mm-hmm. her about your last ex who cheated on you mm-hmm. and you were still with her and all this other kind of stuff. And it just, mm-hmm. you know, emotionally scarred you. Mm-hmm. You know, you work it up by saying, oh, um, I almost had my first kiss in second grade by accident when we were playing a game and, you know. What was that? Primary school? <laughs> Spend the bottle. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right. those kind of things. Little, right. you know, and get them to open right. up and see if they right. see if they do the same thing because communication goes both ways. Right. For me, I don't know, it's not really law, but for me, I feel like it's fair as one person shares one thing and another person shares another. So that other person doesn't feel alone. Okay. That's fair. You know, as like yeah. a not a it's kind of like a tit for tat, but right. not I'm trying to one up you. It's I'm sharing this because I have something to share, too. So mm-hmm. you don't feel like you're alone. Now, if you're in that situation where you don't really have anything to share. Right. Be supportive. Don't be judgmental. You know, if you're right. asking, you know, if you're asking questions, make them pretty black and white questions. You know, not questions somebody can look into and, you know, mm-hmm. try to say, well, what did they mean by this? And, you know, those mm-hmm. kind of things, you know, black and white questions. Well, why did this person do you know why this person did this? What did you do in that moment? You know, pretty just mm-hmm. straightforward black and white questions. Um, so what you're talking about is active listening. Those actually, those are the principles of active listening. Yes, absolutely. You empathize with them, no value judgments, and you ask quest- leading questions and, and that helps a person expound on it. Mm-hmm. So like you said, you don't have those, that ambiguous, gray, left up to your interpretation type of thing. Right, because those kind of things can be taken out of hand, and especially if it turns into an emotional moment, mm-hmm. and people are really sit there and they're in tune with their emotions, and some people they're really not, but they're tapping into it. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be ri- ripping a Band-Aid off. So if mm-hmm. you're already taking that Band-Aid off, and you leave that big gray area there that's up for interpretation, mm-hmm. and say that Band-Aid is... I mean, you rip it off and it's nothing but chaos. Oh, right. You know, that person can take that 
flip it and yeah, yeah, the, you gotta, <laughs> code red, run. I repeat, this is not a drill. Right. Hey, and this is a place where we need to take a break. So we'll be back after the break. So, um, I'm trying to phrase this question because uh, I don't know if your uh, current or past girlfriends are going to be hearing this podcast. But um, how was I going to phrase this question? But just it, go ahead and ask it. I mean, it, it's hard. It, yeah, is um, how are you experience or put it like this? How are the females today that you're experiencing? I know you, you talked in generalities that a lot of people don't want to go there, but it sounded when you when you were sharing that you opened up to your girlfriend, you and her today were just really opening up, going, talking about the past. And it seems like you all were communicating at a higher level. So out mm-hmm. of, is she the exception to the rule of people being open like that? I don't know if I would call her the exception or just part of the small percentage of the world. Got it. Okay. Okay. You know. Okay. But at the same time, she wouldn't just do that with anybody. And I don't think anybody would, you know, going, right. you know, that deep and kind of stuff. Right. But I feel like it also has to be the right person, the mm-hmm. person that, you know, you were absolutely comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Somebody that you feel mm-hmm. is worthy of knowing those parts of you that you didn't feel like anybody should even know parts that. Right. I mean, potentially parts that you didn't even want to remember about yourself. That's being vulnerable. Exactly. And see, vulnerability is the biggest is one of the biggest fears in relationships when it comes to millennials. Well, it's not just millennials. <laughs> but right. talking from my standpoint, because oh, I feel yeah. like that's more where I can really speak from. Vulnerability. I mean, vulnerability is like. Right. I'm put- trying. I mean, I'm trying to think of a way to really explain vulnerability in our age group. Mm-hmm. Okay take a 1995 Toyota Corolla. Okay. Take the doors off. Okay. And the windshield off. Okay. Put a light jacket on and oh. drive through Antarctica. That's how vul- that's what vulnerability feels like <laughs> in our age group. It is absolutely treacherous. I mean, it's like the plague. Yeah, I can see. It I'm I'm telling you. Wow. If and see, the thing is, it's not what we're scared of in the forefront of our mind. That's not what we're always thinking about. Like, oh, I'm scared to be vulnerable today. Okay. But it's one of those fears that's embedded inside of you. Is it going? You're going to be judged, or or what? I mean, what's the fear? Because and because showing emotion nowadays is is taken so many different ways. Okay. As if. And, and is it weakness? Is it? It could be weakness. It depends on the person or you're trying to get attention because a lot uh, of people, okay. you know, show those kind of emotions and stuff, you know, online, you know, right. posing all these videos and stuff okay. of people just, you know, losing their mind, talking about all this other kind of stuff just just to get attention. OK. Right. Solely for attention. OK. Or, you know, people use it as an out. Oh, I'm just going to cry about this and then everything will be OK. Hmm. Okay. You know, when 
when stuff like that happens, and that's one of the reasons why I personally kind of flip in a little bit. Mm-hmm. I do not cry. I cannot tell you the last time I did cry. Okay. And that's because I, those emotions that I feel in that moment where I feel like I do need to cry, mm-hmm. I'll take it and I'll flip it and I'll turn it into motivation and put it towards something else. Because that same energy that I'm taking mm-hmm. to think about that and to, you know, mm-hmm. allow those emotions to build up and then spill out and get no gain from it. You know, you might feel better at the end, like, wow, I really needed that. But ultimately, does it really solve the problem? Um, well, I'm, well, I, mean, I want to get off into that. Then. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to get off. Yeah, thing. that's a whole nother thing. But but, it, but it's okay to cry, though. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's perfectly okay, okay to cry. Okay. But okay. for me personally, that's where I hold myself. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm not saying that's what, you know, other people should. Gotcha. But for me personally. And, I mean, vulnerability, it just, it it does something to people. And so many people have been hurt. Mm-hmm. The people that haven't have been hurt, but have seen the people that have, mm-hmm. it'll put them in this mindset that, oh, when I get in a relationship, I start seeing things go bad because it's going to leave me vulnerable. Let me beat them to the punch. Mm-hmm. And they'll misread situations. Okay. You know, they'll think, oh, this person hasn't texted me back for seven hours. They're not, you know, they're they're doing something to against me, you know, all this other kind of they stuff. They lost their phone. <laughs> Exactly. They could have been sleep, you know, work, right. other things like right. that. So it sounds like there's some insecurity there, too. Yeah, a lot of it. So from a communication standpoint, what I'm hearing you say is this generation, again, I don't want to use generalities, but for the sake of this, a majority of it, you know, moving to that place of vulnerability takes some time. And a lot of people don't even want to go there because it can be misread. But you can still communicate, though. It's still there are people there like yourself and your girlfriend where you guys are feel comfortable where you can be vulnerable enough. Now, let me switch it from the romantic to you mentioned earlier about, you know, um, having a friend of like a brother. How does that work in terms of, you know, communicating beyond just like, hey, you know, you check out the car. Yeah. Hey, you know, some nice set of wheels. Uh, how's the job going? You know, the reporter level. Really having those in-depth conversations, even with my brother. Mm-hmm. We we check each other willingly. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't like, oh, we see something, then we got to call the other one out on it, like, in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's something like, if he's having a relationship problem, then he'll come to me, and he'll show me the conversation mm-hmm. if it was over text. Okay. And he'll show me the conversation so it's not his word of mouth telling the story because things can just by human nature be edited because you're telling the story and you don't want to look bad, you know, things of that nature. But, you know, when you show somebody the, you know, the raw conversation and screenshots, you see both sides sitting right there. You can see the wrong and the right from both sides. And you're coming in, you're looking at both sides. You're not just looking for him. You're Mm -hmm. looking for her as well, because it's like, you know, I'm looking at something that he's showing me and he's like, well, you know, she's wrong. This is all hypothetical. Sure. Saying, oh, she's wrong. And I look at it like, well, wait, hang on. Look at this. Look mm-hmm. at what she said here. Re- you know, think about this. And it'll be like, oh, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Then, it, you know, it changes the narrative. And that can help so much because sometimes mm-hmm. you need a second set of eyes to look at things. Mm-hmm. Just like how sometimes detectives will bring in other, other detectives to look at, a, you know, right. a scene. Because it's like, I'm missing something here. What, what am I missing? Right. And the same goes 
vice versa. If I'm having a relationship problem, bring it to him. And I'm, you know, I'm saying, oh, she's wrong. He's like, well, wait, hang on, look at this. Mm-hmm. You know, think about it from her perspective from this you know from this point and we'll sit there and we'll have conversations about it not you know two three five you know ten minute conversations we're talking about sitting there Mm -hmm. for half an hour 45 minutes to an hour we've even had a two-hour conversation on just one person's side about talking about what was going on in that relationship a two-hour conversation and then went ahead and switched and flipped to the other person just going back and forth and it didn't even feel like it was two hours it was so comfortable that communication between us was so fluid Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we didn't feel like we were attacking each other. Mm -hmm. It was, I'm doing this out of love because I want to help you. Mm -hmm. But you guys built time. You took time to do that. We built time. And, you know. And so it's possible for guys to really develop that kind of relationship. Absolutely. If we allow ourselves to build build that, you know. Mm -hmm. Pride and just. Sometimes just being a man, you're just like, oh, I don't, I don't need that. You know, I'm <laughs> right. macho this myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? I got me, myself, and I. That's right. all I need. But in reality, you know, you don't need to have all the friends in the world. Right. But, you know, you can, you know, you don't need to have all the siblings in the world. You just need to have that one. True. Just that, just True. that one could do. True. Just fine. True. Everything will be cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's interesting in terms of communication um well let's talk about obviously for my generation the one-on-one the letters the phone calls were a primary source of or in person versus your generation yeah, i mean we you know, we always joke about it you can go to a restaurant you see three or four people sitting a foot apart from each other and they're texting each other i know they're probably having a private conversation they want to say though they don't want the parents here it. Right. i get that right but with the social media, the immediacy of electronic communication, does that hamper in-person, vocal kind of conversation? Absolutely. And I feel like that comes with a sense of maturity, being able to handle technology while you're in the presence of a person. Like, okay, if one person is doing something that's trying to interact with you and you're on your phone, Mm -hmm. you're obviously not mature enough. If it's not something that's like a dire situation, Mm -hmm. like it's something like, okay, say you've got to meet some quota for work or some reports got to get done, you know, or you're doing some schoolwork or something to that nature, something that has to get done, something that's pressing, you know, family issue, whatever it is. That's pressing. That's a different story. But if you're just on your phone scrolling through Instagram and somebody's trying to talk to you, you Mm -hmm. are not mature enough to have your phone in that moment. Good point. You need to have your phone taken away from you because that's also considered rude. That you know, ignore somebody that's trying to spend time with you. Right. That's just flat out rude. So let's take an average person in your age demographic that you talked about. Take the electronic away from them. What level of communication can they communicate? It depends on what or how successfully can they communicate. It depends on in what state their attitude is in. Okay. Whether they're upset, give me my phone back, which is more than likely going to get, which is more than likely going to be your. That's going to be primary. Yeah, it's going to be primary. Give me my phone back. I'm not talking to you. Give me my phone back. You know, they're trying to bargain for that phone back. But for the people that are like, for the people that are like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, obviously I'm not doing this right. So let's talk. Right. 
you know, you do have that, you know, that percentage of people that'll do right. things like that. So, you know, it's not just everybody that's, you know, oh, give me my phone back. I don't want to talk, you know, things like that. But mm-hmm. sometimes you just really need to take that phone from people and be like, okay, let, you know, let's really have a conversation. Let's really talk. Because that's sometimes what you really like, just remove the distraction. And there's so many good conversations that could be hiding behind so many people, but you'll never know because it's everything is just going back and forth good in between point. that phone. Right. Ever, I mean, they could have seen something on the news, whether it be a conspiracy theory or a video they watched. You can talk about a conspiracy theory for three hours. Yeah, it depends on what it is. Depends on what it is. You can really go and take off with it. I mean, it and it can spread out into so many other things. Oh, well, I believe this because when I was, you know, a kid back when I was, you know, five years old, I, I saw this and I thought this. Then that turns into a whole nother thing. Right. Those conversations are lying within people, but pulling them out, mm-hmm. the the blocker is technology. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, and the blocker is communication. So let's talk about um, tone is only what? 35% content, but body language is more than 55% of communication. So apart from an emoji and all caps, how can you really get a sense of the tone of someone trying to communicate to you? You can't. There's there is not a lot you can really do to really try to figure out the tone of the conversation. There's a few things you can do, but there's not much. So the few things that you well, number one, knowing that person. Okay. Knowing that person right. well enough to where okay, if that if I say this, like you know, sometimes you'll have that mm-hmm. somebody will send you a text, you don't know which way to take it, so you'll say it in your head. Right. As them, like you'll picture them saying it and, you know, you'll decipher off of that. Well, if they were saying it, how would they say it? Does it sound what way sounds more natural when they're upset or, you know, when they're happy? Those kind of things. Okay. Um, Also looking at what it is that you were talking about before leading up to it. Mm -hmm. Are they being short in the conversation? Are they being very straightforward, straight to the point? Are they putting periods after sentences as, you know, this is the end of that statement moving on to the next one? Ah, okay. You know, as if like angrily, like, you know, if you ask somebody a question, they say like, have you ate? Yes, I've already ate. When I said that, it almost sounded like I put a period at the end of the sentence because it was just straightforward. It was direct. It was hard hitting. Just answer the question. Exactly. Answer the question. But it still had that flair of attitude with it as well. But text, I couldn't tell that. But with text, but see, it can be assumed as that, though. No, they put a a hot head. Yeah. Or, (laughs) you know, an exclamation point, you know. Then um, you know. Then you know. Or all caps. They're yelling. Right. Right. Um. Okay. But it's really a disadvantage. And I don't like arguing through text, whether it be with my girl mm-hmm. or with my brother or anybody, whether it be you guys. You know, I don't like arguing over text because you right. can't, you know, unless people are sending emojis or you really know that person. Even then, still, I would rather have an argument face to face or exactly. I would rather talk about it because I can read your body language. I can right. look you in the eyes. I can. You hear the tone. I can hear the tone. Right. Right. Because you can assume so many different tones in your head like, oh, this is what it sounds like this person would say. But in reality, it could be something completely opposite. And now you're about to start a problem of something that was never even there in the first place. Exactly. Right. Right. And it can become a slippery slope at that point because the Mm -hmm. hole can keep getting, you know, can keep getting dug deeper on both ends. It doesn't even just have to be you can be on both ends. That's true. But now because you misperceive something and now you say something out of spite. Now they're misperceiving it but they're still perceiving it the correct way at the same time because now you're reacting to 
situation that's not even there. So mm-hmm. now you just pulled them into that imaginary situation that was never there that you just created. Mm-hmm. And now there's an even bigger fight. <laughs> and then when you go back and try to figure out what stemmed from that and you realize it was ultimately nothing. Right. If you even get to that point of realizing that it was ultimately nothing. Right. Wow. You've already slipped all the way down the hill. That's true. Hey, so we, we got like maybe a minute and a half at, at the most. So... For what, what do you want the listeners to take away from what you've shared today in terms of communication? One thing I want to say to the men, it is okay to talk to your woman. It's okay to be open. It's okay to just express yourself. But at the same time, the courtesy that she's giving you to listen, you know, listening to you, you have to give the same thing back. Reciprocating energy mm-hmm. is very important in a relationship, especially good energy. That's true. So if anything, taking anything away, you know, just put your listening ears on. You got to be understanding. You also have to be patient and you 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 have to you have to go in with soft hands. You can't, you know, try to man the situation. You mm-hmm. know, we can't the way that we handle things. You can't really take that same approach towards a female. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you really have to take a step back, take a step out of your shoes Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you have to wear hers, but you know you gotta you gotta try to find a different approach because what might work for you might not work for her. And if she comes with you with something a sensitive topic, you know don't don't be the one to just bull rush in. You know just what you know because that that's gonna scare. Her. That's gonna put her back in you know the place that she's trying to come out of and mm-hmm. be comfortable with you. Great, thanks for sharing that, man. Our time has flown by. Yeah, it really has. And still, uh, those single young ladies, he's currently taken. <laughs> so. Don't try to try to find him on Instagram because I'm sure his current girlfriend would not appreciate. <laughs> not in the slightest bit. But anyway, thanks. I'm glad to have you on here again. You know, to bring a different voice because our podcast we want to have it that it it speaks to a broad, you know, um, audience audience and demographic of people. So again, I'm I'm glad you were here. So uh, to our audience, um, we're again on TNNHS Inspire Radio on Saturdays. So we'll see you again. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to Happily Married in Love. For more information, check us on multiple platforms such as Anchor FM, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also, check us out on Instagram at Happily Married in Love. <laughs>